Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is ESPN Radio. Realignment. It is a hot topic here on ESPNU and ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson and Ian Fitzsimmons hanging out with you this morning. Ian, our phone line is lighting up. We always join you to, we always welcome you to join the conversation. Triple eight, say ESPN. But people care. People care about this conference realignment conversation. Well, here's the most interesting part of this when it comes to college football fans. When it comes to realignment, especially when you have a monster conference with so much rich tradition like the Pac-12, which is on the verge of, of just being blown up and, and eviscerated, gone, history. We're on that doorstep right now. Because it's realignment and because you, you might have Oregon and Washington now following US, USC and UCLA to the Big Ten and Arizona right now, their Board of Regents and Board of Governors are having a meeting about, and, and about to, it, it feels like, about to okay a move to leave the Pac-12 and go to the Big 12. And if that happens, there's zero doubt in my mind, Arizona State goes with them along with Utah. So when you think about all of that, that impacts schools in Texas and Oklahoma and across the country. Now, what does the SEC do? Do they go after Florida State or Clemson? Or is Clemson and Florida State knocking on Sankey's door like Texas and Oklahoma did? People forget Greg Sankey, the commissioner of the SEC, did not go seeking Texas and Oklahoma. They sought him out. Mm -hmm. They wanted to leave. But this impacts every fan base from the Atlantic to the Pacific, from the Canadian border to the Rio Grande. Every single school is impacted as to what happens the next 24 to 36 hours, second, maybe the next four hours when it comes to the history of the Pac-12 and what happens next. It impacts every single school because your team may be adding a power or your team may be missing out on your conference might be missing out on adding a powerhouse football team. It's happening in real time. Now, when Sankey's door was being knocked on by Texas and Oklahoma, they were able to leave because that television rights deal was coming up, right? And so that was a possibility in terms of a conversation there. Not a possibility in terms of Florida State or Clemson, at least a realistic possibility as it sits today right now. We're talking about an ACC that is locked into its television rights deal with us here at ESPN until 2036. And we're talking about a huge buyout from these schools if they end up trying to leave right now. It it probably doesn't make sense. It's probably not something that's possible. Now, are you going to see lawsuits? Are you going to see the ACC try to sue to try to get out of this deal? That might be the direction that this is headed. The lawyer in me thinks that that is a big ask because I can't imagine a court. They're not going to let you, a judge is not going to let you out of a deal just because you made a bad one, right? I mean, that has repercussions that extend far beyond college sports. So whatever you're suing under, right? It's not, you know, breach of contract or tortious interference or all these things, they're not going to just allow it to happen and set that standard because 
it was a bad deal for the ACC, and it was a bad deal. It appears you made the deal. now, right? But yeah. you made the you deal. Made that bed, you agreed to, sleep to in the it. deal, right? You that was your bet. You wanted the security. John Skipper used to be the president here. He had talked about it. I, I heard a podcast with him talking about it. He said they agreed to it, right? And they wanted the security. They wanted the security of that amount of years. And so in return, if you want the security of that amount of years, then you're probably going to end up giving up some market value there because the market does change over the years. Now, I think the ACC oversold their hand. They didn't realize how much this television rights deal market was going to change maybe and how rapidly it was going to do so. And now those schools find themselves at a huge disadvantage compared to the SEC schools financially or the big 10 schools financially. And so because of that, you have Florida State and Clemson, you have the bigger brands in the ACC getting understandably frustrated. It's not an easy problem to solve. It's not going to be a contract that you can easily get out of. I would imagine that maybe one of two things happens. You could see, I think, a redistribution there with the ACC. Is that a possibility where Florida State gets more? Still not going to compete with the SEC, by the way. But if they were an SEC school, they'd still be getting more. But, you know, they get more. Like in this, Right. <laughs> Well, and double of what was it? Twenty six million that they're supposed to be getting, or twenty three million, twenty three point yeah. three million. They're supposed to be getting per year. I mean, yeah, to get double, you'd probably have to head to the SEC. But they would get more of the pot. Some of the smaller nope. branded schools would get less. That would be maybe one way to try to appease. Texas and Oklahoma did that in the Big Twelve. That's part of what right. Dallas Dodds did, former athletic director at Texas. He negotiated that with Dan Beebe, former commissioner of the Big Twelve, and they got a bigger cut of, the, of that of that media pie. And that's what also alienated a lot of schools like Texas A&M and led them to leaving, along with the Longhorn Network, to go to the SEC. But bottom line is this. I mean, it, it is all about money, and you follow the dollars, and that's where you can follow teams. And that's why Arizona right now is in deep conversations with the Big 12. And that's why Oregon and Washington State are now you know, flirting with the Big 10. It may be more of a flirtation. They're actually going on a date. They're on a date. A first date. They're on a date. Though. They're on a date. They're yeah. on a date. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of flirt. There's been a lot of flirting going on uh, all over, and some of it is a reality because these conferences are realigning and it's happening in real time. I mean, we just get the Arizona news last night. Some of it, I think, maybe is a negotiation tactic too because everybody's scrambling right now, right, Ian? I mean, everybody is scrambling to figure out what to do. The other thing that I could see from the ACC perspective, and this is a bit of an awkward conversation to have while we're on ESPN, but because that deal is with ESPN, but does ESPN at some point, do they have a vested interest in the ACC not breaking up? You could argue yes, because obviously they're not going to benefit from that television rights deal if there is no ACC. So is there a means for renegotiation? Uh, I would imagine ESPN would need something back in return in order to renegotiate. Otherwise, why would they? Right. You made this deal with us. It's a pretty good deal in terms of the market landscape, but maybe there's something to be had between the ACC and ESPN where they can get something done as well to appease some of these bigger branded schools in the ACC. There is a lot that goes That's into well this. well beyond my pay grade. And, uh, I mean, I will, <laughs> listen, it, it ain't mine it's if they want to upgrade my pay grade. Okay, I will help you, Ever, ESPN. Is, Give me a call. You're a lawyer. A call, it took Jimmy. me six and a half years to get undergrad at Alabama, right? I mean, I that that's a realm I don't even I can't even fathom. But I do remember, remember when the Big East lost Boston College and UVA and all those schools to the ACC? Mm-hmm. They were able to negotiate a lower buyout, a lower exit fee. I don't know how they did it or, or what it ended up being, how much of a discount they had actually ended up getting but that that could be negotiated possibly. I have no earthly idea for Florida State, Clemson, maybe even a UNC. Who the hell knows? 
Uh, but to your point, all you have to do is follow the dollars, and that is where you will find schools landing when it comes to college realignment. And it's all driven by football. Yeah, it's all driven by football. That's true. That is the primary sport. It is the primary moneymaker for all of these schools. Jimmy, give me a call. I will figure it out. Triple eight, say ESPN. That's how you give us a call. Mark is calling us from St. Louis. Hey, Mark, go ahead. Thank you. Uh, I'll try and tie a couple of points together with the uh, streaming and also realignment. When I hear journalists talk about no one will watch a game on streaming, it reminds me of a former president that did a photo op at a grocery store and was surprised by barcode technology. Like, I think some people are just out of touch here. And I would ask anybody that comes on your show and says, no one's going to watch. The aunts and uncles aren't going to watch a football game on Apple TV. How many episodes they've missed of Ted Lasso over the last three seasons? Because I think people (laughs) will go find these games. Uh, As a Missouri fan, I remember, and Ian, you talked about Texas and Oklahoma running the Big 12. I remember weekends where we could not actually watch a Missouri football game because they weren't one of the teams picked to be on television that week. So we're not too far removed from the TV network plans not working at all for some of these big conferences as well. I think the balance needs to be a blend of, hey, the prime game is going to be on national TV so everybody can see it. But with streaming, you now provide access to everything. You know, if you want to watch a third division soccer game from Germany, you can find it on a streaming network somewhere. You know, Messi signs in the MLS uh, for soccer and now a worldwide Apple TV plan allows, you know, hundreds of thousands of people to sign up for a service overnight. With realignment, uh, as I said, I'm a Missouri fan, and I think we made probably the best decision of any school out there, you know, over a decade ago by finding a landing spot and avoiding all of this mess over the last decade. Uh, But I think one of the factors that Ian pointed to earlier, which is big in this, is the money. We were a junior member in our own conference that we had been a Big 8 member before it was the Big 12. And we were listening to other schools tell us what to do and how much we were going to make. Uh, one thing I love about the SEC is everybody gets the same amount of money. Even Vanderbilt gets the same check that Alabama gets. And no one's complaining. No one's leaving. And everyone seems to want to be a part of that. Every other one of these conferences has essentially got a system of haves and have-nots. And the stability within that, you're never going to keep everybody happy if – you're paying one school $30 million and one school 15 Thanks for the call, Mark. I, I absolutely agree with you when it comes to the streaming component of this conversation. I, it, that comes on the heels of the news that the Pac-12 had just presented a media rights deal with Apple uh, to its schools, which was largely streaming. And then Arizona decides, apparently, according to sources, to leave the conference But I do think streaming is the direction. I think it's streaming is the direction of the future. I don't think it's streaming itself that's the problem. It's the money that was attached to that deal that was a problem, something like $20 for these schools. So that, I think, is what matters here, not necessarily the means of distribution. When it comes to what else he said there, though, it, it was to your point. We've seen these sorts of realignments before, Ian. This isn't anything new. No, and when he alluded to Missouri being a junior member of the Big 12, Texas and Oklahoma got more money from their media deal than other schools did. And that's what Florida State's asking for right now in the ACC. Behind the scenes, Clemson is unhappy, but they're not being as vocal, obviously, as Florida State is. Uh, and Florida State even got called out by UNC. Bubba Cunningham, their athletic director, was, was basically said, this does us no good as a conference for you to be publicly 
screaming, yelling, complaining about how much money you make, even though we all signed off on this deal that goes through 2036. So, uh, it, again, th this is all going to sort itself out. And in the moment, we're all getting headaches. We're all wondering who's going to end up where. But when it, the dust settles, the music stops, and every team has their chair or, or whomever was left out, eventually we will get used to it. And to your point on streaming, by the way, Amber, I talked to one athletic director two days ago, and he said that is the future. He believes that in five, ten years from now, most games he, he believes will be streamed on ESPN Plus, on the ESPN app, whatever it may be. But in the moment right now, like Sam Macho said, when we had, we had him on about an hour ago, if he's being recruited now and a head coach comes in going, and you ask the question, well, where, where are your games? Fox, CBS, ESPN? No, we're on Apple streaming. Get out. <laughs> that's, that's the moment right now to any high school player. But five, ten years from now, unless one AD agrees with you. Yeah, well, I, I definitely think by then it will be a very different conversation. I think with kids these days, the actual kids, like for me and you, yes. When I do this show that right now is on ESPNU, there's something a little fancier to it right now than when I do the shows that are streaming on ESPN+. Plus. I'm not going to lie, but ESPN+, Plus, a wonderful, wonderful product. I think that we will all be used to that. But that's me and you at our ages, right? I think kids these days with YouTube, they watch everything on YouTube. Like, I think they get the streaming thing even more. But that is the direction it appears that we are all headed. So we better get used to that. In addition to conference realignment, we're going to continue to stick with this theme throughout the show. But coming up next, the Cowboys heard all the noise from the national media, and they've got some thoughts. This is ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We don't normally think of a 12-win team in the NFL as a colossal failure, right? Unless it has a star in the helmet. And then we do, Ian, because that's how this thing works with the Dallas Cowboys. And frankly, it's where expectations are for this Dallas Cowboys team each and every year. This year, no exception. A lot of people have a lot of expectations for the Cowboys this season. That defense is legit. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're naughty. They got some hunters out there led by, obviously, Micah Parsons, but everybody wants to talk about Dak because 15 INTs, they all weren't on him. But still, it's on your ledger, 15 interceptions. And he has been known going back to his days at Mississippi State. He took care of the football. So I look at last year as almost just an outlier. But all everyone wants to talk about right now is something that happened in training camp. Heck, what, 48 hours ago? I mean, it wasn't like it happened yesterday, and people – and football circles are still talking about Trayvon Diggs 
jawing, and I do mean jawing, with some language that you normally hear in the trenches, but obviously cameras are everywhere. It's the Cowboys. They caught Diggs and, and Dak going at it, and everyone went crazy. How could this happen? Oh, there's dysfunction with Dallas. No. Hell no. It's training camp. They're going against each other every single day. And this happens all the time in the trenches. If an edge rusher had done, gotten into it, if Tyron Smith had gotten into it, Micah Parsons would be going, look how feisty that was. But because it was one of the best corners in the NFL and Diggs and Dak Prescott, quarterback, Dallas Cowboys, that's why this thing is blown up so much. To me, Amber, this is like, I grew up on a farm in Louisiana on South Battery Road, Folsom, Louisiana, Tautog Farm, Third Red Horses. I had three brothers. This reminds me of getting a fight with one of my brothers. That was it. And then mom came in, beat the hell out of us with a lead shank or a riding crop, and we got back to work. And it was over. It was done, and we were best friends again. That was it. Mike McCarthy went into a coach's meeting after seeing this and went, all right, we got a little, we got a little nasty here. This is good. That was, to me, that was a good thing watching that with Dak and Diggs, not something we need to overreact to. Guys are so interesting to me. Uh, I don't think there's a scenario in my life where I've gotten into a fist fight with somebody and I'm like, we're cool, like an hour later. I mean, I've never been in really? a fist fight. But if I was to get into a fist fight with one of my friends, I wouldn't be like, yeah, all right, it's cool. I Even mean, a screaming match me? and you guys weren't good, like a couple hours, like, all right, we know we overreacted, we're good. I, I, are you kidding me? Have you met women, Ian Fitzsimmons? We're holding on to that grudge for 15 years and we're probably never speaking daughters. again. That's the reality <laughs> of the situation. But particularly in this world of football, they get over things and they get over things right fast and this is not unusual behavior on a football field particularly during training camp because nobody wants to be at training camp it's long it's grueling everybody's just getting back into football shape and so tensions run high and things get heated you have a db he's going after the quarterback of the team he calls them some unkind words i don't know why female dogs get such bad reputations but they do in this scenario he calls them some unkind words and you could tell doc didn't really care i mean if he really cared and i guess we can judge him for how much he should have cared and jay williams i mean when you talk to these former athletes he was on with me yesterday hosting this show and he felt like doc should have gone back at like doc doc should have cared more he should have been more incensed but i think from that's from an nba player perspective right i think from the nfl perspective this this is all the time. This is just how this is Every the course of business. Yeah, and like that's Dak heard that 30 times before that. The microphone just didn't pick it up. And so when he hears it from Trayvon Diggs, I think initially he's like, ah, whatever. And then he realizes, oh, the camera's around. I can't let a dude punk me out like that. I gotta do something. So he throws a little lob side pass at him. Yeah, the, the shuffle pass, right? Yeah. It, it's in the back of the head. I liked it. It was alright. It, it could have, I mean, it could it could have a little more zing to it. Like, I don't want Dak doing anything. <laughs> That was you going to just fired him, him. just fired at him, hit him in the calf. Right? Well, just, yeah, like just a little bit, like a little more accuracy, something. I thought the shuffle that was more of an insult, like, man, get out of here. Well, I just, I mean, we're talking about Dak accuracy here, right? He's got to cut down on those 15 interceptions. He came out during training camp. He said that he promises he's not going to have double-digit interceptions this season. The shovel pass didn't convince me that that's the case. If it had been a bullseye... <laughs> That would have convinced me. That would have been good. Like, that would have been the way to Again, sell it to us. we overanalyzed Dak <laughs> right here. We're overanalyzing. Should it have been a shuffle pass or should he have fired a bullet to the back of his head? How hungry we are for football. <laughs> We're actually overanalyzing the pass itself. Trayvon Diggs, he is the Cowboys DB. He was asked about trash-talking the quarterback. 
There are some people that have made some comments in the last 24 to 48 hours about you not having respect for him. And if yeah. you're showing a lack of respect for him, what's your response to, to those comments? Stay out of the business. Get out of the business. <laughs> yeah, they, people don't need to worry about what we got going on, our relationship, my relationship with my brother, or, you know, how we operate. You know, at the end of the day, it's our team. You know, Dak is the leader of our team. You know, he can go out there and have a great year. I have the utmost respect for Dak. So, um you know, whatever narrative, you know, people want to run with, that's just what it is. But we know and, you know, we know how we are and we know that it's nothing. And that stuff can never come between us. You know, it's nothing. We don't even talk about it. So this may be nothing in that world, Ian, but I do disagree that he has the utmost respect. Because if you had the utmost respect for Dak, don't think you're calling him a bleep bleep. Like, they, it's probably not the utmost. I'm not saying he doesn't respect the quarterback, but the utmost? That might be overstating it a tad. I disagree. I mean, really? Yes, it's it's tra- again, it's training camp. It happens. <laughs> I mean, I in training camp we overreact to everything, you know, and, and and fans do as well. For 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 instance, you know, if a if a rookie gets dominated by a tackle because he's working on a new technique that he really wasn't taught in college, you'll see reports. Well, first round draft pick so and so struggled in camp today. Well, yeah, he struggled. Why? Because he was working on stuff. And practice that he's never been taught before, that he's never used before. Or when to stay with Dak, he throws a pick in practice. And, and that's not a throw he may try in a game, but he's trying to see if he can fit that ball into that window in practice. Yet he throws that pick, trying to see if he can get that throw in there when everything is live and it does count, and we overreact to it. That's the world we live in right now. But this, with Diggs and Dak, I believe he has the utmost respect for him. It happens. I can't tell you right now some of the things that my brothers and I said to each other. I mean, can't, yeah, but that's even, can't even come close. I mean, Draymond told him his brother. I get that. Will but that Stratton, is like one of my best friends in college, drilled me in the jaw one night at like 1 o'clock in the morning. Don't ask what we were doing at 1 oh. o'clock in the morning. You know, was, I think it was my Man. second sophomore year. Drilled me in the jaw. This is a former Marine. So strange. Yeah, this and the so next strange. day we went on a road trip together to New Orleans. Oh my gosh! I, 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 it's, I, I just can't imagine having a single story like that with any of my friends. So but yeah, it does happen. Have the utmost respect for him. I, I mean, the only person I've had that kind of relationship with in my life is my brother. But that's a sibling <laughs> thing, so that I understand from a sibling rivalry perspective. I suppose what you always hear, though, from former players is that it is like that sort of relationship. And you heard Trayvon Diggs refer to to, to uh, Dak Prescott as his brother, and. That's how these guys operate because they spend more time together in this football world than they do with their own families often, you know? So I suppose it's just water under the bridge at this point. But by the way, it's the Dallas Cowboys, Trayvon, so we're not going to get out of your business. We're going to still talk about it. Coming up next, there's a quarterback battle that no one is talking about that maybe we should be. This is ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. So as they say, a quarterback competition, competition in general, Ian, they say breeds success. Is that true in Tampa? We've got quarterback competitions all over the league, but this one I'm not sure anybody is talking about. And it's interesting nobody's talking about the quarterback competition for the Bucks this season, by the way, Amber Wilson, Ian Fitzsimmons, ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive because we're talking about a quarterback competition that involves a dude who used to be a superstar, right? I mean, a superstar in college, certainly, and frankly, a superstar in the NFL, not necessarily because of his production in the NFL, so to speak, but the star power that Baker Mayfield brings, it doesn't seem to have followed him to Tampa. The spotlights Same. don't feel like they followed him over here to my neck of the woods forget seem didn't right you're talking about a heisman trophy winner a man who led oklahoma to the college football playoff a man who helped cleveland go on the road against your rival pittsburgh in a covid year and win a playoff game and the following week go into arrowhead and give patrick mahomes and the chiefs all they could handle and almost beat them and then He hit a ditch the size of the Grand Canyon. And part of that was coaching. And the other part of that was him playing injured and not hurt. And I think that rattled him. His confidence was shot. I covered uh, Baker Mayfield a ton at Oklahoma. And he once told me the least favorite word in the English language is the word not. Because he was told from the time he was eight, nine years old, he's not tall enough. He's not big enough. He's not fast enough. His arm is not strong enough. And then, you know, Cliff Kingsbury at Texas Tech, when he goes on to be Big 12 freshman of the year, not good enough for a scholarship, not going to offer you here, has to walk on at Oklahoma and earn a full boat from Bob Stoops. So you think about everything he's gone through. I thought going to Carolina, that was going to be, all right, a resurgence of Baker Mayfield. I could not have been more wrong. I was a football fool. Now let's see what happens in Tampa. But, But to your point, of all that stuff about Baker, we're not talking about this battle. It's the least talked about quarterback competition that I can remember in 20 years in the National Football League. And the guy he's battling happens to be a Florida Gator who was a second-round pick when Tom Brady was there. And, oh, by the way, you would think whoever's replacing Tom Brady in a quarterback competition, that would be one of the most talked about topics, but it isn't. I know. No one is. It's bizarre. I think in part because it feels like the Bucks are so poised for a step back, and that's beyond just Tom Brady, but we're talking about a team that finished the season with Tom Brady, with the greatest to ever do it, with a losing record last season, even though they snuck their way into a postseason. So what is it going to look like this season when it ain't Tom Brady now at the helm? So I think some of it is just the state of affairs in Tampa generally. Some of it may be a head coach that it's hard to believe in yet, as uh, you know, if you're a Tampa Bay Bucks fan, probably a heck of a coordinator is Todd Bowles going to be able to get it done after the departure of Tom Brady didn't look good last season when they had Tom Brady. So there's a lot of question marks in Tampa generally, 
But you're absolutely right. I'm surprised. I'm surprised with what's happening at that quarterback position. And it's reportedly a close battle. It looked like early in training camp that it was Baker's job. And I still think Baker is going to end up getting the nod. But reportedly, things have tightened up in that quarterback battle. I think this might mean good news, though, Ian, for Baker, that the spotlights didn't seem to follow him. It's really maybe the second time in his career because I felt like after Carolina, like that's when the spotlights just started to dissipate. Obviously things did not go well in Carolina for Baker. He ends up finishing the season for the Rams. That was a bad Rams team. Nobody was paying attention to the Rams by the end of last season. Baker quietly was doing well for LA at the end of last season. He played five games for them, 850 yards, four touchdowns, two interceptions. He showed some promise there though at the end of last season. I'm not sure anybody was noticing so maybe it went well for him that nobody was really paying attention to Baker after his departure from Carolina and maybe in that same vein it will go well for him here in Tampa that it's just right now about football that it's not about the stardom the star power the commercials even though he's the best actor in the NFL that is not about any of that it's not about what he did in college and what a superstar he was there it's just about football and him trying to be a starter in the National Football League, because if it doesn't work out here, then that jig's probably up. You know, I think it's almost impossible as a quarterback in the National Football League to have a warm blanket of anonymity. But right now, that's exactly what he has. And to your point, that might be the best thing going for Baker Mayfield. Uh, And, you know, and and think about this. Not only is it just not being talked about a ton, it's also a team in a division that they could win. Mm Mm-hmm. If the Saints win it with Derek Carr, wouldn't be surprised. Right. If the Carolina Panthers, with that defense and those weapons around Bryce Young, a rookie quarterback, if they win the division, wouldn't be surprised. Mm-hmm. Atlanta, even you know, with Ritter we, at, at we'd quarterback. We'd be surprised with Atlanta. Hold on. We'd be surprised. <laughs> they showed us some flashes last year. Like, I'm a big B. John Robinson guy. And okay. full disclaimer, Arthur Smith, proud of Georgetown Prep. That's where I went to high school. Like I love the guy. So anyway, okay. you know, there, there's, there's a little bias on that one. But Tampa, look, that division is wide open. Mm-hmm. I would not be, let's use a different word instead of surprised. I wouldn't be stunned if any one of those teams actually ended up winning the NFC South. Right. I mean, you still have Mike Evans there. You still have Chris Godwin. It's not like that team's completely decimated after Tom Brady's departure. That O-line's got to be better. But that's that's the problem. problem. There are real problems here on the Bucks, that O-line absolutely has to be better. I mean, you saw now given it was injuries last season, yep. right, to Jensen. I mean, that, that plagued them last season with Tom Brady. It's maybe an issue for them this season as well. You do have the departure of some of the key pieces, like the Leonard Fournette's of the world, on that team. But it's a good situation for Baker in terms of the quietness around this quarterback competition. Now, as a Gator, I'm very conflicted because I'm rooting for Baker here. I just think because he does have that it factor, because he is that guy, whether he's winning or not, frankly, that it would be better for the NFL for him to actually be winning and for him to actually be a starting quarterback in this league. If he was good, I think that would actually be interesting and good overall from a brand perspective. But obviously, as a Gator, I love myself some Kyle Trask. And I thought Kyle in college, for those of us who watched That's him game in and game out, like he was great. And I it, and he not only showed that promise, and obviously not an NFL-ready quarterback coming into the league, but I thought, Ian, this is the best situation for Kyle, right? Because he wasn't NFL ready coming into the league. He's a second rounder. All right. You get in there though. You get to sit behind the greatest. And we all knew the greatest was going to retire at some point. Kyle was going to get that opportunity behind Tom Brady to watch and learn. And then last year I was really disappointed in garbage time when he wasn't the first backup to go in. And I thought they must not 
feel like they have much here in Kyle Trask because I am hardly seeing him even in garbage time. And obviously you wouldn't expect to see anybody much, any of their backups much with Tom Brady at the helm, but in garbage time you would. And Kyle wasn't the first quarterback there that got the nod. So that sort of tempered my expectations for Kyle Trask in Tampa. It's also one reason I feel like Baker is probably going to have this job at the start of the season. You know what amazes me about certain NFL teams? And we can take this to Green Bay also, where Mark Murphy says, well, I want to give see what Jordan Love has and what he's done midway through the season. You've had him in your building for years. Right. And, and you're, you're talking about midway, maybe the first two or three weeks, right, mm-hmm. is where you really want to see, all right, improvement from week one to week three. But midway through the season, when you've had him in your building for years, well, the Tampa Bay Bucks have had Kyle Trask in their building for years. Mm-hmm. You would think that you know – at least 90% of what you do or do not have in a second-round pick out of an SEC power in Florida. So, And the character on Kyle Trask is amazing. And for people who don't know the backstory, he didn't start a game in college since his sophomore year in high school. He was behind De'Eric King in high school in Texas. Yep. So he had to wait until he was finally a, named a starter by then-head coach Dan Mullen years. It was like five, six years since he started a football game. And he took it and ran with it. And then in a COVID year when most players were opting out, he played in a bowl game and got absolutely destroyed in the Cotton Bowl. But he had the character to go out there one last time with his boys. So there's great stories there in this quarterback battle that is not being talked about, except with you and I right now for six minutes. Two guys who are used to quarterback competitions in training camp, quarterback competitions generally. Kyle Trask certainly used to that. Todd Bowles, the head coach of the Tampa Bay Bucks, says it's a tight race. This is ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. The NFL lives here, so does Amber Wilson and Ian Fitzsimmons, at least today. We live here on your televisions, on ESPNU, on your radios here on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio presented to you by Progressive Insurance. There are quarterback battles, Ian, all over the NFL. I don't feel like some of them are being talked about at all. We just talked about what's happening in Tampa. 
And if you miss any of that, of course, check out the podcast on the ESPN app. But the Bucks, not the only team with a quarterback battle. Let's start with the most obvious one here. Now, this is the one that I do think people are talking about in San Francisco. The San Francisco 49ers, we know what the season looked like at the end before the injury to Brock Purdy. He looks pretty good running Kyle Shanahan's offense. Trey Lance is still there. I mean, we have hardly seen him play any football in the NFL, but he is still there. They still did trade all the way up to draft Trey Lance. And Sam Darnold now there as well. What do you make of that quarterback situation in San Francisco? It's Brock Purdy's job to lose. Uh, that's, that's To me, that's the end of the conversation. The battle is, is between Sam Darnold and Trey Lance to back up Brock Purdy. Kyle Shanahan made the comment earlier this week where Purdy started to look like the guy we saw last year. And so, the, the, by all accounts, the surgery took. He's, he's looking. The arm is, is coming back and should be ready for the start of the season. When, it was remar- That was one of the best stories, not just in football, but in all of sports last year. Mm-hmm. The last player taken in the draft after Jimmy G gets hurt, Trey Lance gets hurt, and everything, everyone's going, San Fran's done. They're deep fried like a turkey on Thanksgiving. It's over. Brock Purdy comes in and just balls out. And it, the big knock on him at Iowa State was when the game was on the line, brights, lights brightest, stage grandest, he'd throw you that bad pick. That, that was his M.O. Kyle Shanahan coached him out of that, and he was exceptional last year. One of the, if not the best story going by the end of the season in all of sports. Mr. Irrelevant leading the San Francisco 49ers to the playoffs. So, to me, it's not even a quarterback battle. It's Purdy's job if he's healthy. The battle is between Trey Lance, a top five pick that they are fully invested in, obviously. But if you're getting, if you're going to the NFC Championship game with, I don't care if it's Mr. Irrelevant or the number one overall, it doesn't matter to me. Hell, Purdy's cheaper. You know, so right. you yeah, you're want, talking about you, a quarterback on a rookie deal right, with, with more right. time on it than Trey Lance's rookie deal. Exactly. You want to get Lance some burn in the preseason to showcase him. And either he, if Purdy gets hurt, or, you know, if by some chance he does beat him out, so be it. I mean, you invested that, that high of a pick in him for a reason. Yeah. But if Purdy is still the guy we saw at the end of last year before the injury, then you have a commodity in Trey Lance to showcase to other teams. And I'm fascinated to see what Kyle Shanahan can do with Sam Darnold. The guy I saw at USC, I could not be more disappointed and surprised that he has failed in such dramatic fashion with the Jets, which obviously back then it was the dysfunctional Jets, and then with Carolina. Can Kyle Shanahan finally get a top 10 talent to be a top 10 talent at this level? Still might be the dysfunctional Jets. Uh, TB, TBD. Uh, spoken like a true Dolphins fan over here, right? But you're right. Sam Darnold, certainly one of those players that came into the league with a bunch of promise. This feels like the time. If you're going to get that out of him again, if he's going to look like that dude that he was in college, then this is probably the system for that. And this seems to be the coach that gets the most out of the quarterbacks. Brock Purdy, though, is the answer, at least for now. You don't come off of what he did. I think we saw him as a starter for seven games last season, nine games overall, 13 touchdowns, four interceptions. You don't do what he did last season and in a postseason. And imagine that. Imagine being Mr. Irrelevant, who's – 
I'm guessing, did not think he was going to get drafted there uh, in that final round of the draft. No, you don't want to get drafted as, right. as Mr. Irrelevant. You, you want to no. handpick the team you want to go to. He got 100. lucky being taken last. So lucky. So lucky because of who took him. He got so, so lucky. So he comes into the league as Mr. Irrelevant. He actually makes the active roster, which does not happen all the time as Mr. Irrelevant. The first quarterback then to ever start. The first starter, I think, ever as Mr. Irrelevant, who ends up becoming a starter in the NFL. And that all happens by happenstance. He makes the most of that moment after having that reputation out of college of not being able to survive the brightest light. Then you find yourself in a postseason. And oh, by the way, in an NFC championship game, he gets injured in that game. The best story in sports comes to an end in a very disappointing fashion, just like the 49ers season. But here's an opportunity to do it again. And he's been cleared for play. I think you stick with Brock Purdy. And you're right. After that, it's a battle between Sam Darnold and Trey Lance. And you're looking to move on from Trey Lance. I'm just not sure anybody wants him if Sam Darnold ends out winning, winning out in terms of being the backup. Let's talk about the Houston Texans. This is a quarterback battle also to me that's pretty cut and dry. You've got Davis Mills. And oh, by the way, you've got cj stroud cj stroud yeah me too i, I think you know yeah. and now and the, I, 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 I disagree with our friend mike tannenbaum love mike t to death work on the nfl draft with him every year in our coverage here on espn radio and respect everything about him in his entire career of what three decades plus in nfl front offices he thinks davis mills should start and cj stroud should sit saying he thinks anthony richardson should sit in indy and look AR does not have near the experience that CJ Stroud has. So I, I, I'm in step with him as far as the Colts quarterback out of Florida, but CJ Stroud has got a lot of football underneath him as a quarterback at Ohio state at a premium program and has been in big games. And you sit down with CJ Stroud and you have a conversation with him. You gravitate to him. He is a leader of men. And to me, that is your week one starter. Davis Mills out of Stanford, you know, he, I'll be honest, maybe it's the Texans. I, I expected more from him, but it is the Texans, right? And now you have a, a new first-year head coach and D'Amico Ryan's coming over from San Fran, defensive-minded head coach, but he's going to leave that offense to his offensive staff. And I think C.J. Stroud, this is his job, and he was made to do it. I'm a big C.J. Stroud guy. I think he's your week one starter. Davis Mills showed promise coming into last season, but we just showed the stat on ESPNU. He has started in 25 games in the NFL. C.J. Stroud started 25 games in college, but we haven't seen him start a game yet in the NFL. With Davis Mills, he's had his opportunity, right? And, yes, it's the Texans, so maybe it wasn't a completely fair opportunity to Davis Mills, but he's had an opportunity. I think you're more aware of where his ceiling probably is with this Texans team. Who you haven't seen is what C.J. Stroud can do. I just don't see a reason not to start him right away. It, the uh, the the goal of this season for the Texans isn't to be great and isn't to compete, right? It's to develop that guy and continue to build around him. And they're going to be looking at the draft again next season. That's going to be of the utmost performance. There's a reason that D'Amico's contract is as long as it is as an NFL head coach because this is going to take time. And part of that timetable is going to be developing C.J. Stroud. I don't think sitting him does that. Now, you mentioned the Colts there with Anthony Richardson, a quarterback coming out of Florida who has far less experience starting but in terms of how that offense it's so suited the way that offense is constructed for Anthony Richardson's very specific talents and that's obviously why the Colts draft AR but they do have very a very viable backup there now in Gardner Minshew and oh by the way they still do have Sam Ellinger there as well I'd roll Minshew out week one 
Yeah. Okay. Covering Anthony Richardson a, a, a bit at Florida, his top 15 plays, you're in awe. Jaw-dropping. His worst 15 plays, you're going, how would he start in high school? But it's that upside that's why the Colts went and got him. I'm, I'm going to let him get seasoned and see the speed of the game the first few weeks before I put him in there. It was the most frustrating experience as a Florida fan because there I were moments he looked like the best football player in the entire universe. And there were moments that he looked like the worst. And it was just, it was the roller coaster of my life last season watching AR. The Washington Commanders also have a battle between Brissett and Howell. I'm guessing it's Howell that gets the start again this season. Coming up next, what does the future of the Pac 12 hold? We go back to conference realignment. This is ESPN Radio. More next. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com.